All right, welcome back to the Content Agent Podcast, where we are partnered with the Industry Syndicate Podcast Network. This podcast is all about utilizing content or attraction marketing to generate a ton of high-quality leads that actually want to work with you. My name is Dan Parker. And I'm Byrne McGovern. We're both YouTube content marketers and real estate agents here in beautiful, sunny San Diego. All right, Mr. Byrne, what are we talking about today, sir? Today, we are going to talk about, if we started today, how would we start a YouTube channel? And I know we kind of get this question a lot, so I thought it'd be a good idea to talk about this, what what I would do differently from when I started the channel versus what I did now. And it would probably be pretty pretty dramatically different. I don't know about you. I agree. And I think a big part of the reason we want to talk about this today is, you know, we're talking with our friend Aaron Martinez last week, and we were chatting about the fact that it seems like at least twice as many agents are on YouTube today than just four months ago. Like there, there's so many people doing it right now. So I think your mindset needs to be a little bit different. You need to be extremely strategic about your plan if you really want to succeed on YouTube. And that's exactly what we're going to talk about today. Yeah, because I think when we started, we probably had a slight advantage because there wasn't as many people on the platform. And with that, we were not very consistent. I kind of just threw up videos whenever I had time to make a video. So I was not consistent. I didn't post on the same day. I didn't post every week. So there were a lot of, you know, even with that, we were still able to be successful. But I think if you're starting today, the biggest difference is you need to have a better plan than we had when we first started. Agreed. Because yep. I was a little bit all over the place. And uh, I think if I started today, I would try to follow these steps to be, get your channel to be successful as quickly as possible. All right. Well, then let's start off with talking about um, just strategizing what type of channel you want to have. And this is something we've gone over before, but it's it's the place you have to start before you get anywhere else. Sure. Yeah. So there's a few different ways you can kind of create a YouTube channel for real estate. So the way Dan and I do our videos, we mainly attract buyers. Would you agree with that? Yep, absolutely. Although we are trying to pivot toward more listing style videos, you know, in the line of the Brad McCallums of the world who... Uh, who tends to focus more on listings. And he, I mean, I think he does attract buyers as well, but I think that's probably 80% listings, I, I would imagine, from his videos. Yep. Um, and other people that do good buyer videos, if you guys want to try to check out other people's examples, uh, Jeremy Knight in Austin, Texas is a good one. Uh, Malcolm Lawson, obviously, in Maryland. Uh, Sam Sansloan in uh, Virginia Beach. Paul Likens. Yep. All, basically, yep. all the guys we've had on this show yep. uh, in recent weeks uh, are all good examples of that who have put on good buyer YouTube channels. And it's probably good to note, like, the reason I think you see a lot of people succeeding at the buyer angle is because it's very SEO heavy. People are researching moving to an area. So if you just want to get a channel off the ground and going fast, I think this is probably the easiest way to go starting out. Yeah, I agree. I actually, right before we started this podcast, I was on a phone call from a YouTube lead that had just called me that it was a, a foreign buyer, but they're living in San Diego while they're looking for homes. And they saw my model home tours and they go, oh, so you seem to be pretty knowledgeable about the model homes here from my videos, even though I've only done probably two model home tour videos. Yeah. And I mean, they just, you, you seem like the local expert on anything you do if you put out videos. And, and I put out enough videos that I've covered a large range of topics here in San Diego. Um, so obviously, you're not going to build that that reputation right away. But once you hit, you know, 25, 30, 50 videos, um, basically, I've almost covered every single topic you need to know about what it's like yeah. to live in San Diego. So I mean, I've done them a little bit better, but you've done every single one. And I'm very <laughs> I actually do agree that your videos are much better than mine. <laughs> Your just, thumbnails yeah, are better. Your on. research is better. Uh, I'm just very much more charming than you are. So, well, I appreciate that, and I appreciate you, Burn. Uh, yeah, and the other thing worth noting on this, 
you know, yes, you're attracting buyers and everyone wants listings right now. I get that. But Burton, you were talking to a client or you, or you were on the phone. I heard you on the phone and you're talking about multi-million dollar properties because you were showing in your video, very nice neighborhoods. So you yeah. can dictate the type of people and the type of clients that you want to work with by which neighborhoods you want to show. So this is really, really powerful and something worth thinking about in the beginning. Yeah. And the, the reason I talk about these neighborhoods is because I live over here. Granted, when I bought my house, the prices were not nearly close to yeah. where they are now, but it helps that the area that I live in are good schools. It's close to the beaches. It's one of the most desirable places to live in San Diego, especially for families. And that's, I'm a family man. I got two kids. So I try to target people like me, uh, people that go to Legoland, people that go to the zoo, people that do um, take their kids to baseball every day, which I seem to do every single day of the week these days. <laughs> so it's just, you're going to attract people like you. So if you're, you, you're the guy that brings your kids to school, picks them up from practice, that's the type of people that are going to reach out to you. Yep. All right. So the next one would be sellers. We kind of brushed on this a little bit. Sure. But our, our buddy, Brad McCallum, who we probably mentioned just about every single podcast. And uh, in, uh, can you pronounce his name? I, Inez Will Mazer. Will Mazer. That sounds I'm sorry, great. Inez, I'm, I'm sure you're not listening to this, but if you are, I apologize <laughs> if I butchered your name. So. <laughs> so the thing to think about this is you, you still need to put out consistent videos. And if you want to go straight into the selling side, number one, you're going to have a, probably a little bit of a harder time with SEO in the beginning, unless you're doing really luxury properties, because that's what people like to see. And number two, you still need to do a video a week. So realistically, are you connected with other agents that are going to let you do these home tours um, within your brokerage or, or within your team? Or are you already doing those types of deals and you just want to get more deals? I think you need to think about that ahead of time if you want to start out doing the seller approach. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the ones that seem to do really well with it are those super luxurious properties. If yes. it's just, you know, tracked home that looks, you know, it needs some updating. Those videos tend to not do as well, I would imagine, yeah. just because they don't, you know, they're not as updated. They're not as glamorous. Although even the ones Brad has done, basically anything Brad does t turns to gold, apparently. So he and even if his like, a you know, $500,000 property that needs some updating, he still makes a story about it. So yes. it might not be about the house as much. Maybe it's about the neighborhood or the type of people that will be trying to live in that house. He just does a very good job, regardless if it's a $10 million house or a $500,000 condo. So if you guys ever need examples of how to do a listing video, then you should definitely check out Brad McCallum's. I feel like this is a, a podcast all about Brad McCallum. Yeah, we're going to change <laughs> the name of this to how you can the Brad be more McCallum like Brad podcast. McCallum. There you go. <laughs> yeah, he uh, and, and we also interviewed him on this podcast, and he actually broke down in a really great way how to think about your property videos in terms of like, how can you make this interesting? And I think the the less, uh, you know, the less sexy and attractive that house is, the more creative you need to get. So you really want to think about that the right way. Yeah, for sure. Since we're not just trying to sell houses, we're trying to sell a lifestyle, a neighborhood, or whatever it is. That's right. So, and then uh, you know, lastly, you can go after both. You can go after buyers and sellers. And I think probably the best approach on this is just being patient with the other one. So if you're going after this, you know, we're, we start out going after buyers. That's how we built up our clientele. That's how we still get phone calls every single day. But now I'm starting to pivot a little bit of like, how can I put out content that people living in San Diego and, and people that want to sell their homes are going to be interested in as well. So I'm trying to start merging the two. And I think that, um, you know, Ken Posick is probably the best example of this. 
Yeah, he does a great job of. Although he doesn't do a ton of listing videos, which I actually want no. to talk to him about. I'm curious why he, because I think he would do a really good listing video. Um, but he does so many other videos about living there, and he talks about different neighborhoods and stuff. So, I mean, it kind of connects the whole thing between buyers and sellers. So he does a great job of that. But I am curious to hear next time we have him on the show, ask him about if he's going to get more into listing videos going forward. For sure. All right. So we figured out what type of channel you want to start. Uh, there are other options as well, but those are the, the three basic ones that we wanted to mention today. Um, and next, you want to come up with, I would say, 15 to 20 different ideas for videos. And I would start with searchable videos. So do a little bit of SEO research, type into Google, you know, like moving to San Diego and then see what else comes in after that or living in San Diego. See what the top searches are for some of those terms. So because um, that's just a really good way to start building your channel is that what people are searching for. Yeah, no, I agree. Because I think um, just going to whatever city you are, just researching those, it's good to also compare just to see what people are posting, how many views those ones have. Every city is going to be a little different too. So yeah. um, San Diego might have a little bit bigger search volume than, you know, Ta Tallahassee. I don't know. <laughs> I can't <think> <laughs> um, But the people that are searching for that will be the best clients you'll ever have just because yep. I mean, there's always people moving throughout the country. Some will have more than others. So just keep that in mind. And start out with some of the more broad terms, and then you can get into the micro niche because you want to build up the traffic on your channel first and foremost. And then you could get into like smaller communities or like other types of videos that you just are generally interested in. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, because I, I've definitely started. I know I guess we'll get more into this in the, when we're talking about the videos, but we'll, we'll go from there. <laughs> okay, so what are some of the specific videos that you'd recommend, Bert? Okay, so if I were to start my channel today, these are, I'm just going to list off, should I just lift off, list off the ones that I would have created Do it. if I started today? Okay, so there, I don't know, I have like 12 of them here. So uh, pros and cons of living in San Diego, that's number one, I would say. Mm -hmm. That one tends to do the best on most people's channels from what I've gathered from other people throughout the country. Cost of living in San Diego. I would also do a, two parts to this one. I would just do one that's general, cost of living in San Diego. Uh, just kind of research it. Go to um, what's the website that I use for the it's, um, like nerdwallet.com or something like that okay. it has all these different averages. And then um, do then do another video, maybe, I don't know, three to six months later on the true cost of living in San Diego and use all your bills that your actual bills. Because I did a second one like that and people really liked it to see the actual cost because averages can go any which way. But a family and of four lived are those sites. That's yes, always what exactly. I do. So I think people just really like to see actual bills rather than just made up averages, not made up averages, but you know what I mean. And yeah. I think people really liked that one when I did that one. So that would be a two-parter. Um, living in San Diego, what you need to know, or living in Tallahassee, what you need to know. Cons of living in San Diego, that one does really well. Just, I know we did a pros and cons one, but honestly, people usually like to hear the cons more than the pros. Especially yep. with San Diego, people kind of already know what all the pros are for the most part. So, Well, and a lot of times there's less competition. There's less yeah. competition on the cons. And when people are searching pros and cons and there's a video that's just cons, they're thinking, all right, they're, they're, this is going to be a juicy one. I really yeah. want to know all the cons. And uh, sometimes the cons aren't even that bad, but, you know, yeah. do it any, any which way you want. So, yep. Uh, best neighborhoods in San Diego. That's an easy one. That one always does well. Best suburbs in San Diego also does very well for me. Um, cost of living in San Diego versus another city. So I did cost of San Diego versus Los Angeles, cost of uh, living San Diego versus San Francisco. So whatever like the closest major city is to your city, 
I would try that one. And hopefully it's a bigger city because that'll probably boost you up in the rankings a little bit. And there are some ways you can research. I forget exactly where it was. I think it was National Association of Realtors. You can search by state and figure out what are the main cities and other states that are relocating to your area. So you yeah. can actually do a little research to figure that out ahead of time. You know, pick the the top five places and do a video on all all five of them. Where can you find that? I, I was trying to find something like that. I couldn't find that. But. Yeah, I'll have to I'll have to figure out exactly where it's at. I think it was okay. on the National Association of Realtors website. Okay. There's some type of relocation guide, and it's it's. It's pretty cool. Okay, next one on my list. This one's kind of random, but it did very well for me. So I'm just going to throw it out there. Free things to do in your city. So whatever your city is, just find. You're probably not getting a ton of like clients from that one, but it will get a decent amount of views and hopefully build up your subscriber base a little bit too, which will lead to clients in the future. So uh, best places to live in San Diego. That one's kind of similar to the best neighborhoods, but honestly, you can just put a little spin on it and <laughs> change it any which way you want. Uh, San Diego hacks. So I made this video because I was just finding things that were like, you didn't know, or it made things easier on your life to live there. Like where to park for a Padres game, where to park at the airport, stuff like that. Um, where's the cheapest place to park by the airport stuff like little things like that. That'll make your life a little bit easier. And that video did very well for me. So I thought that was a good one and a little bit out of the ordinary as well. Uh, and then I did pros and cons of living in California. So we did a San Diego one. But you also want to do a little bit broader to bring in the audience a little bit more, too. So people in Los Angeles and San Francisco Definitely. or anybody moving to California, sometimes they might just type that in first. So I've done a few general California ones, and they've all done pretty well. I also did like an East Coast versus West Coast living type thing. So that did well. And then just uh, downtown, living in downtown San, San Diego or downtown whatever city you're in. Those yep. videos all have done very well for me. And if I would have known these ahead of time, this probably would have been a lot easier for my channel to get started. So if you just did those videos to start, I think you'd be a way farther ahead of game than I was at this point when I started my channel. I think that's going to be the next 12 videos I do. So thank you, Bern. I appreciate oh, that a lot. Well, I can help you, Dan. <laughs> yeah, those are good. Those are definitely good ones to start with. Um, you know, do your own research and see what works for your area, obviously. But if you just start out with those 15 to 20 ideas, then you're going to be in a very good place to start. For sure. For sure. All right, next up is learning of our process here. Yeah. All right, next up is learning thumbnails. What do you want to talk about this, Bern? Start creating well, thumbnails, thumbnails are something that you definitely get better at over time because I think I look back at my thumbnails from earlier on, which I'm still trying to change out some of these thumbnails, and they were terrible. Um, one thing, so just look at other people's thumbnails. So if you type in living in New York City. Look at what the most popular thumbnails are there. Look at the colors. Look at the how they do their their fonts and their uh, do they put faces on them or no faces on them. Uh, I know we, me and Tan, are pretty <laughs> big promoters of uh, putting our faces on them, for better or worse. I also have a woman that does the um, the videos with me, so I find sometimes my videos do a little bit better when her face is on it, not mine, <laughs> so, <laughs> which uh, makes sense. So I think everyone has their own way about it if they you should put faces on it or not but i think as you build your brand you kind of want your face on it and that's my my thoughts on it just because i've had people i tried it without my face on it and then i've actually had people like oh i almost didn't click on it because i didn't see your faces on the thumbnail so eventually people just early on it probably won't matter as much but you're trying to build your brand up and get people to recognize your face and that sort of thing then i think it's better to have your face on it what do you think dan yeah, I think we could easily do an entire episode just on thumbnails, right? Like this yeah. is this is 
one of the most important things. Obviously, you want them to watch your video. You want them to watch your entire video or as much of it as possible. But if they don't even get to that step, then what's the point? So you have to make it clickable. And it's 100 times out of 100 times when people start making thumbnails, they do it wrong. They do it because like, oh, well, this just kind of looks cool this way. And then they don't realize that someone's going to see this thumbnail on their phone in this tiny little square. And it's going to be around, you know, 10 other thumbnails. And why is someone going to click on yours or be interested in yours versus all of the other ones? So what, what is going to make them do that? And um, there's a lot of tips and tricks that you can utilize to do that. Like Burton was saying, start out by figuring out what other people are doing for the for those search areas. So for, you know, pros and cons of living in Phoenix, Arizona, um, research or just type that into YouTube and see what all the other um, thumbnails look like or use uh, something like Morning Fame, which is what I use. Sure. And it'll actually show you here's here's your thumbnail versus the other top five um, searches in, in this for this category. And it really it really makes you start to think like, all right, if if I weren't me and if I were just doing this search, would I click on mine versus those other ones? Yeah. That's really where your mindset needs to be. And then the other thing to think about is um, usually when you're starting out, the elements are way too big and you should like actually on your editing software, zoom out on your editing software. So it's really small and make sure that all those elements pop. So you usually want to like zoom if you do have your face on there, zoom it in bigger than you think you want it to be. <laughs> And um, yeah. have fewer elements. Yeah, I think less is more definitely on thumbnails. I used to like throw in like my whole and don't just reiterate your title in yeah. like whatever your title, your like cost of living in San Diego. Don't write it again on your on your thumbnail because they've already searched cost of living in in San Diego. So you don't need to put in the title and then put it in the the, the thumbnail as well. So put something that can like accentuate the title, like a big pile of money on a yes. beat or something like that, which is what I think my cost of living actually is, or it's money floating through the air or something yep. like that. So I, and I, sometimes I'll still even like reiterate the title on there. I'm like, why did I redo that? And it, it does somewhat decently, but I think if I would have just done something that could accentuate it, like, I think when you're said you're so, um, to don't move to San Diego or what is it? It's, or don't live in these places. You had a big sign that said caution or stop or yeah, avoid or something sure. like that. So that's something that kind of accentuates what you're already talking about. So exactly. Um, it, that's, that's it, it draws curiosity. About. Yes, exactly. It draws curiosity. So like, for example, you know, if you're doing pros and cons of living somewhere or just the cons of living somewhere, you could take one of those cons. That's really like you think could be visually interesting and and create that curiosity. And that's the element that you use on your, on your thumbnail. Yeah. So something like yeah. that would be really smart. You definitely put more thought in your thumbnails than I do. I, I probably rush mine a little too much. So they drive me crazy. They drive yeah. me crazy, but they, uh, <laughs> you know, it's important. This is definitely an important aspect of creating uh, clickable thumbnails and getting people to watch your video. Yeah. I just did the Legoland one recently. I did a Legoland vlog sort of thing and I had a, a thumbnail and I thought it was going to do well. And then it started off really bad. Then I changed it. And then it really started to skyrocket, not skyrocket, but do pretty well after I changed it. I'm like, okay, I guess it yes. does. So if you, do you ever do that? Like if it's after 24 hours, it's not doing as well as you think it does. Do you change your thumbnail ever? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. If, if uh, a new video that I think is going to do really well is just not performing at all in the first 24 hours, yeah. if in the first 24 hours, it's already well under 10% CTR click through rate, yeah. then yeah, I'm going to go back in and, and change it, especially now that we're spending money with videographers and editors. Yeah, you want to get your money's worth out of this if you're going to spend money on it. So yeah. And then the other thing I'll say too, I'll maybe leave it on this for, for my end is 
um, find some people that you can throw some ideas off of. And thumbnails is probably the most important thing to share around. Send it to other people that are doing the same thing as you or trying to do the same thing as you and give each other feedback, um, like really good feedback. You know, don't don't be nice. Like just tell them exactly what yeah, you think about. Anybody can be nice. Just try to give them something that's actually going to help them down the road, too. So for sure. Cool. All right. Thumbnails. What's next, Bern? Okay, so now once you get the videos done, you got your thumbnail done, now you're ready to post. You already have, I, I say you should do post two videos every week for six weeks at least. If you can do it longer, great. But if you're, I know it's a lot of work to put out, you know, 12 videos in, in six weeks. So if at the minimum, this is what you should do get them all ready to go, even fill them all ahead of time if you can, because then you are not rushed to try to get the next one out. Um, and once you do that, is- make sure. So let's say again, I was just going to say, I think this is the biggest change of like, if I were to start today yeah. versus when we did start is I definitely did not do it this way. And if I were to have start a today, this is exactly what I would do. And this is kind of the biggest part of this video, I feel like. So listen to yep. this part. Yeah. So, <laughs> so try to batch create 12 episodes if you can, or try to do six at a time and then do another six post two a week, at least 48 hours apart. So if you post one on Monday, don't post it again until I probably even wait till Thursday to post the next one or do yep. Wednesday and Saturday. Try one weekday, one weekend day, and then do that every week. Same exact day, ideally the same exact time or relatively close to it. If it is not exactly the same time, don't stress too much over it. But if you already have all the videos done, just have it ready, scheduled, ready to go. And then uh, do that for six weeks. So you'll have 12 videos out in six weeks. After that, you can start posting to once a week. Yeah. So hopefully that 12 videos, if you can do two videos all all year round, your channel will explode. Unfortunately, I even with the editor and videographer, it's still very difficult for me to get two out two videos out a week. Absolutely. And then um, one other thing I will say about this, once you hit like a thousand subscribers-ish, maybe 800 subscribers, you can start doing YouTube lives. I think if you mm-hmm. start doing YouTube lives early on, they won't work as well probably because you won't have that audience created already. So I probably waited till almost like 2000 subscribers till, till I did a YouTube live and I find them to be very useful. So once you start doing YouTube lives, you can literally put out three videos and then one YouTube live that you don't have to edit. You don't really have to think about you just go up there and answer people's questions. So that's the way I think I would do it. If I were to start today, what would you, would you do anything differently, Dan? Uh, I, I agree completely. I think two videos a week is going to be really, really important to get you in front of competition at the beginning because there's there's going to be competition. You're going to have other agents in your area. You might have a dozen other agents in your area and you need to get the views fast so that the algorithm will start putting your content in front of other people. And then the other aspect of this is you're learning skills really fast too. You're really learning how to film, how to edit, how to come up with content, how to make your thumbnails and be efficient at all that stuff. So I know it sounds daunting and it is like, that's a lot of work, 12 videos in six weeks. But if you, if you can make that happen, it's going to get you to where you need to be in, in a very fast period or very short period of time. Yeah. Cause like we said, when uh, Dan and I started it, there was, you know, a, maybe a couple people doing it in San Diego. Well, not even really, there was probably no one really doing it at least consistently. Yep. So it was a little bit easier to be inconsistent to gain some traction. But if you were doing it today, this is exactly how I would do it. Yeah. And just keep in mind too. Yes. I'm sure there are a handful of people already doing this in your area, but how consistent are they going to be? Are they going to be still doing it in six months? Probably not. And that's going to be a good thing for you because people are going to watch their videos and guess whose video is going to come up as suggested next after their video. It's going to be yours. And then you're going to be the expert. You can almost feed off other people's, you know, 
um, success. So that's yep. a great way to do it. I'm sure Dan's feeding off me all the time because, you know, <laughs> all the time. Because, I mean, yes, you get like three and to I four feed off of vacation and then <laughs> that's how it all works. So it's all good. Yeah. And who knows? You can actually uh, ultimately become business partners with the people that you look at as competition right now. So just true. keep trucking ahead and, and work with like-minded individuals. And you never know what can happen. Yeah, for sure. Cool. Okay. So um, what do we have next? I think that's pretty much it. Cause you already, you already talked about oh, I kind of went into it already. Yeah. Okay. All right. You messed it up, Ern. Our, our nice smooth ending is just ruined now. <laughs> well, we were doing so well up to this point. So let's just I cut know. this all out this week. Right. Now. All right. Yeah. Well, we'll, yeah, you're going to edit this out, right? Okay. Perfect. <laughs> all right. So this is, this is good, man. I think, uh, look, there's still plenty of opportunity out there. There are a lot of people doing YouTube right now and it makes sense, right? Like this, we've had a ton of success with this. The proof is out there. Like there's, there's no way that you can't make this work. If you're doing, taking the right steps and putting in the effort, you're eventually going to make it work and it's going to be worth it at the end of the day. So hopefully this was helpful for people, Burn. Yeah. And if you guys ever have questions about this, we're always open to answer questions and that sort of thing too. So feel free to reach out to us, um, on our Facebook page. Uh, or just email us directly and we're always available and yeah. uh, happy to answer questions for you guys. Awesome. Well, this was a good one, Burn. Uh, and we're going uh, to, should we plug who we're going to talk to later this week? It's pretty oh, We're going to have a big, big guest on the show uh, for, for next week. We're going to record it this week. Uh, the one and only Karen Carr will be on the podcast. So that's Very pretty, exciting. pretty exciting. She's the one that really kind of, she got me into this, this whole mess. So um, it'll be good yeah. to talk to her, talk about her experiences and, uh, I'm sure we're going to learn a lot from that one. Yeah. And then we have a couple other very exciting guests. And then we are going to be up at Vid Summit. And we're going to be doing some special episodes from there as well. So stay tuned. We have a lot of very exciting episodes coming. And reach out to us directly if you have any questions at all. Yeah, this was, this was a good one. Thanks for listening, guys. And catch us next week. Peace. Bye.